0: Welcome to First Turn, where we play board games for the first time and discuss our immediate reactions. It's like book club, but for board games. I'm Kiwi and with me is BP and Paxton. Hi. Hello. Today we're playing Number Drop by Florian Sirix and Benoit Turpine, who also did Welcome to Welcome to the Moon, and Welcome to New Las Vegas. The developer, there wasn't one, there is no artist. Uh, listed the year so it was published in 2021 by AEG the description roll dice to create shapes with numbers and drop them efficiently into your grid circle combos of identical or consecutive numbers to score points match values of combos before your opponents do to drop block shapes on their grids when a player reaches the game over line whoever has the most points wins and the mechanics are dice rolling paper and pencil, simultaneous action selection, and solo solitaire. And the box art. Paxton, how would you describe that box art?
1: Um, It's got kind of like a neo techno design kind of with the wording and colors. It's all like bright pinks and teal blues kind of combining together. And there's tetris-shaped blocks and a grid with um the shape blocks with numbers dropping and it has non-numbered blocks of the shapes fallen and just
0: scattered around it's it's got some real 1980 it gives me like an 80s vibe or early 90s Yeah, yeah yeah early late 80s early 90s like the first thing i think of actually is uh an original Nintendo game like box. Mm. Like the graphics aren't really great. It's like pixely. That's what it reminds me of. When I look at that, I think, oh, that's got a Nintendo game in it and I'm just going to pop it in. Well, first I have to put it under my shirt and blow on it to get the dust out of it. And then I put it in to the Nintendo. Everybody had their own techniques, but you had to blow with it under your shirt so you didn't spit in it.
1: I mean, okay.
0: So, All right. How, how do you guys think it's played? Um, I assume... Did we not talk about if we would pick it up off the shelf? You know what? Mm. I should follow the show notes. Mm, yeah. So based on the description and the box art, Paxton, would you pick this up off a shelf?
1: Um, I'm not sure. I'm not a big fan of numbers. So maybe I wouldn't.
0: Okay. We'll, we'll just go with no for you. <laughs> BP? No why not
2: it looks boring <laughs> i think it I'm... reminds me of sudoku which i'm not good at
0: oh see i enjoy sudoku but i don't think i would pick this up even though it's ag like there are other roll and rights i would rather play now i'm intrigued because i really enjoy welcome 2, mm-hmm. but i don't think we're going to get you know, welcome to was big because it was a flip and write instead of a roll and write. Right. So now we're back to roll and write. So I'm not sure. I'm going to go with no because I feel like the box in the description do not jump out at me. Yeah, okay. it doesn't really pop. That's a great way to describe it.
1: Uh, Those colors do though, don't they? But like, if you put it against the, uh, other boxes, like, I don't know. Like a looking, welcome to? Yeah, like looking at like Wingspan, or or well, even just some of our roll and rights, yeah,
0: yeah. I think even you compare it to the roll and rights, and the uh, the roll and rights have better descriptions and better box art that jumps out at you more than, than this one does, yeah. So, okay, yeah. So, uh, with that, how do you think it's played?
2: I have no idea. I mean, obviously, we're rolling dice and writing numbers down, and somehow, I don't know what that's supposed to do, okay.
0: That's fair, Paxton. Any ideas to
1: add to that? I mean, so there's the dice, and there there's one dice that has shapes on it. So I assume whatever you land mm-hmm. on that, that's the one you have to draw in or whatnot. Oh. But then there's numbers too, and on the on the sheet there's like a going up in three, four, five, six, seven um, under, like, certain squares of, like, different size, so I'm assuming that's victory points or something, and then whichever one you get, you drop it into a certain row, A, B, C, D, or E. I'm confused. That's a good guess, based on what what, what uh, they see. Letters, but yeah.
0: Okay. Um, so the history of dropping blocks. How about the history of numbers? Okay. I like the block dropping idea, but sure, we can go with numbers.
2: Um, Obviously, right, tally marks began as a way of counting. Um, Numbers are just a way of writing out either mathematical equations or right tracking systems. Um, But a tally system has no concept of place value. The first known system that places a value on numbers would be Mesopotamia around
1: 3400
2: BCE. Okay, using a 60 system by 3100 BCE, Egypt had a uh, 10 number system. Numbers, again, being distinguished as symbols used to represent them, uh, was first invented by Egyptians um, and then shortly followed by Greeks and then Roman numerals. Um, We can see, too, the superior Hindu-Arabic numeral system spreading into Europe by the 14th century, and I'm going to kind of talk about some of the differences in those systems here in just a moment. Part of the reason um, most people see the Hindu numerical um, number system as superior is because it has uh, an effective use uh, and symbol for zero, which was not the case for ancient Greeks and Romans who, when they developed their system, did not develop um, a zero. In fact, Greek philosophers just uh, philosophized whether you could really have nothing be something Um, And it did become later Islamic scholars during the golden period uh, when they picked up Greek philosophy were also fascinated by this idea, but were also because of the spread of the empires were very familiar with the Hindi numeric system, which in Sanskrit had had a symbol for zero um, way early on. And so uh, we're able to develop things like algebra very early on. What's interesting is also when you compare this to Western hemispheric peoples and their development of numbers. So the Olmec people, which were the um, predecessors of the Mayan, actually probably had a symbol representing zero as early as the fourth century BCE, but most certainly by the 40 uh, 40 BCE or the first century BCE. And the Mayan calendar also uh, would have a use of zero in mathematics systems based on that. Um, so uh, it's kind of interesting to think about numbers as symbols representing not just tally marks, but also um, right? Kind of symbolic meanings and place value as well to be able to do mathematical equations. And how can you do maths without zero, which is why we use the Hindu Arabic numeric system as opposed to Roman numerals, because Roman numerals did not have zero. In fact, whenever they did mathematics that came up with nothing, they had words for nothing. And they would simply write
0: that out as opposed to a symbol representing that. In reality, we should have gone with a base two system instead of a base 10 system. Because with a base two system, I can count to 1023 on just my fingers.
1: Well, I came up with negative numbers really wanted to stick it to the Greek philosophers. That's, That's right. all I'm saying. If
2: you found very uh, right negative numbers, I, I, can I could only have gone into the negative numbers, but I did not. I figured we
0: would stop with zero. Yeah, I just wanted to stick it to the Greeks. Yeah, because if nothing is something, a negative nothing is even more of not something. That would blow their minds. Blow their minds. Uh, So you guys want to know how to play? Sure. Okay. So we really aren't anything in this game. (laughs) The theme is very abstract. (laughs) Knee hill. Uh, And so, uh, but, interestingly, the first player is the last one to have bought a gaming console. That's actually what's written in the book. I bought a Switch a couple years, like a year ago. I haven't bought one in ages. You've probably never purchased a gaming console. It's always been purchased my for Nintendo. You. I bought that with my money. That's true, but, but I bought it. I'll buy one after yeah. that. So there we go. So I will go first. Again. Being first really doesn't do anything for you. It's just you're <laughs> the active player rolling the dice, but everybody's going to be rolling the dice. So, uh... The, the game uh, is going to continue until players pass the game over line that's on our player sheet. And each round completes uh, consists of five phases. So, first phase is roll the dice. The active player is going to pick up all five dice uh, and roll them. If one of the uh, die comes up with the asterisk. Then we go into phase two, which is drop the blocks. So all player sheets are checked for the highest active shape. So we have uh, letters, uh, shape becomes active. When a player creates a combination, uh, the numbers down the sheet, so three to seven, indicate the number of things you need in that combination, in that pattern. And then the symbols above it indicate what you need. So uh, the three equal size boxes means you just need three identical or you need identical numbers. So you need three identical numbers to complete that pattern. The next one down, you would need four identical numbers to complete that pattern. And then five identical, six identical. The one that, that goes in kind of small to big, you just need sequence numbers. That sequence could go down, it could go up, but you just need a sequence of numbers. So that first one, you need three numbers in sequence and then four numbers in sequence and then five numbers. So once you complete both for that for the certain number, then you circle the letter that's next to it and it becomes an active letter. So for if someone rolls an asterisk, we look to see if anybody has an active letter. We look for the highest active letter. So in this instance, say I've completed the A. Whoever hasn't completed A then has to drop an A block of X's onto their board. X's can help create lines, but they block you from being able to complete the patterns because they don't count as numbers. There's no algebra here, so keep your algebra at the door. Yippee! Uh, and then they will also cross it off. So if you end up... if a Gets dropped on your board, you can't complete that number drop. You can still do the things, but yeah, you don't get that shape. So, if and if that happens, we also skip steps, uh, phases three and four, and we go straight to phase five. So, phase three drop shapes. So, players must use the numbers shown on the dice. If there's an asterisk, then it can be any number, uh, but we're going to range those numbers from zero to nine. Zero, eight, and nine do not show up on any of the dice, so the only way to get those is with the asterisks. The numbers can be arranged in any order that matches the shape rolled. So we'll have a shape. It's the standard Tetris shapes. If we roll the asterisks, then we get to pick any shape, uh, any of the shapes on the in the game. Then you're going to imagine that shape at the top of your player board and then drop down via gravity. It can't move left or right, so you can't, like in Tetris, where you could like slide it under another block. Can't do that in this game, so it's just going to come straight down, but you can rotate the shape as much as you want to. Okay. Then we go to phase four, which is the circle combo. So each player then circles a combo they completed. Only one combo in round one, but in the final round, any and all combos you've completed. Uh, There are two combos, either identical numbers, which we talked about, in orthogonally adjacent blocks, or consecutive numbers in orthogonally adjacent blocks. And then there's a final bonus of eight. So eight identical or eight sequence, Uh, either or, not both, then you get the that bonus as well. Uh, once everybody's completed drawing those on, each player is gonna check to see if they've completed a row. If you do, you're gonna get a plus two and so you're gonna circle it. And then if once we somebody goes over the game over line for if you have any X's or numbers in lines above game over, it's minus five points per. Uh, and then the game will be over at that point. If nobody's passed the game over line, then the next person is just gonna pick up the dice and roll and we will continue playing from there. Uh, And then at the end of the game, you're gonna get two points for each row you complete, minus five points for any rows you have X's or numbers in above the game over line. You'll get points equal to uh, the number for the combo based on the length of the combo. And then if you complete all the combos, you get 10 points. You get eight points if you complete this combo, uh, the eight uh, number combo, and the player with the most points is the winner. And in case of a tie, there's no tiebreakers, you just share the victory. And those are all the rules. I am so confused.
2: Me too. Let's play.
0: We just finished a game of Number Drop. To recap, BP had 13 X points. Uh, Kiwi, I had 32 uh, letter points, and Paxton won with 41 Tetris points. Winning strategy, Paxton.
1: Um, I really just focused on filling lines up like it was Tetris, and getting the like uh, sequence numbers or uh, in order numbers were kind of a second thought that weren't like my number one yeah. go-to thing because I got well I mean I got 18 points from sequencing but I also got 16 from just filling in rows
0: yeah that's a lot Um, Yeah, my goal was to try and fill in rows as well, but I tried to keep everything as flat as possible for as long as possible. Uh, I try not to build too many towers, and if I had to do towers for some reason, i shove them on the side so that I have room to put stuff in the middle.
1: Yeah.
2: BP? I have no idea (laughs) how this game was played.
0: Okay. That's fair. Um, So the next question is usually theme. (laughs) I don't... There was no theme.
1: The only theme is like it's like Tetris, but at the same time it is nothing like Tetris. Yeah,
0: I feel like it's only like Tetris in the way to kind of describe the blocks coming down. Yeah. But then it stops after that because in Tetris you can shove things left or right that you can't do in this game. Yeah. Um, Table presence? None. Yes, I agree. There's no... Because even with other and rights, you know, you'll have big... like welcome to you've got the big neighborhood so it's something to see but even then i would argue like even welcome to doesn't have a huge table presence it's just the cards and the
1: yeah uh thing but this one's just five dice a little sheet of paper and a little board with a couple with five square tiles in it and that's it
0: yeah and square tile like it, it threw me off with the squid because, like, they're nice-ish, like, mm-hmm. acrylic tiles like you find in Azul, and it doesn't seem to fit with the rest of the game in terms of, like, production value. Yeah. You know what I mean? hmm It just seems weird. It threw me off when I opened up the... And then the dice are nice and chunky, but if you have smaller hands... Like Pax and I felt like you had a hard time getting all the dice together. All well, that's at good. Once. I was just trying to roll it with one hand, which doesn't work because they're very big dice. Yes, yeah. <laughs> they're are very big dice. So, um, mechanics. So I feel like because like at least with Tetris, like you can see them dropping down. Mm-hmm. I think if you like don't have that visualization in your head, it can be hard to do that. So I'm not sure, like, a different way to describe that, but that mechanic was a little weird. Um,
2: I mean, I'm fine with the Tetris shapes, but it's the numbering sequence that... I mean, I think if you're good at Sudoku, you can do this. Yeah. But I don't even understand how Sudoku is played, so... (laughs) That's
0: that's fair. I think... yeah. Yeah. Um, Rules? How was it learning the game?
1: At first, when you were explaining things, I was just kind of zoning out because I did not understand anything you were saying. But like after we actually started playing and like things got rolling, I started to understand better. And at the end I think I understood everything, but like trying to learn it, and listening to the rules,
0: it was very confusing. Yeah, BP. I have
2: no idea how this game was
0: played. Yeah, I'm going to have to put cuz I have to teach this game. Right. I'm going to have to put in some serious thought on how I teach this game. Cuz I feel like it's one of those ones that absolutely needs some sort of like visual. Like, you know, maybe I'll take a couple of sheets and I'll draw out like a sequence of a turn. Yeah, or right. I think about, you know, I look at my numbers and I get this, I drop them here and I do this. I I feel like this needs like a decent teach in order for people to pick it up at the beginning and Mm -hmm. not halfway through. Because I feel like you could really screw yourself if you're three or four or five rolls into it and you haven't set anything up in the bottom half of your board. You'll just end up not being able to get anything. Or
1: I think you need to play it. Yeah, I think you need to play it as you teach it, like, just a first round. Give everybody a sheet and go step by step through demonstrating how, and then have them do the same, like not the same exact thing, but like follow what you do. Yeah. So they like step by step rule and like section by section of a turn, so they know what to do.
0: Yeah, that might be a way to do it as well. Uh, Player action. Not none. There is none. Yeah, there. Could, like, it's one of those games where solo solitaire is a thing, mm-hmm. and sometimes you're just like, okay, you can just play this game solo, but you still have some player interaction, and in that's solo because there's usually like a bot or a stack of cards that have you play out the, like the the, mm-hmm. the, the bot. This is just you would just be rolling dice and writing down the the things. So yeah,
1: the only time was when I was like, hey, is this is this. Okay to do. Yeah. And that was about it.
0: But even that's not real. Like when yeah. we talk play interaction, we talk like I can draw on your board or you can draw on my yeah. board. You kind of like cartographers, right. where you pass it when the monsters come up and yeah. other people get to draw on your board. So uh would you play it again, BP? No. I think I would, but like only
1: if somebody asked.
0: Yeah. I'm going to go with no, and this is going to go right into the trade pile.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. Uh, There are much better roll and rights, much better games. Yeah, the design, like having that designer on, like really enjoying Welcome 2, it's kind of a shame. I I don't particularly care for this one. It's a cool
1: idea, but it could have been executed a whole lot better.
0: I think that's probably a, a really good way to put it. Yep, I agree. Uh, so that was number drop
2: so if you have any recommendations you would like to hear our first impressions on you can send them our way by doing so via email at first turn tabletop at gmail or twitter and instagram we are at first turn and the podcasting camel says please don't forget to rate review and subscribe on all your favorite podcatchers. we look forward to hearing from you play more games
1: and just hold it farther away.
0: Get out of here with your age of downloaded games. You don't know our plight.
2: Every time you say drop, I have the Beastie Boys go through my head.
0: Let the beat drop.